Hello and welcome to another episode of On The Spot with Dr. Michael Walker. I trust and I pray that you're prospering well where you are. This is the first of a number of podcasts that I'm going to do on the topic, Ancient African Christianity. This is a subject that is important in the discussion of Christianity. It's a, t- it's a topic that is necessary for examination by people and persons who are wanting to know more about African Christianity and African Christian theology. So in this particular podcast, I just want to lay some groundwork. So this is more of a introduction to the topic. We're going to spend eight more weeks working with this topic walking through some areas that I believe will be helpful for not only you, but also helpful for you and I. There is an African proverb that states, do not kick away the canoe, which help you to cross the river. At its core, this wise principle declares twos help us in our journey and twos should not be discarded. To help us approach the topic of ancient Christianity, it is important to define what is meant by these terms. With the use of the term ancient, I am referring to a period in Christian history. Not any period, a specific period. With the use of the term ancient, It is important for you to grasp that my focus here is on the first 1,000 years of Christianity. I'm talking about the period from 0 to 1,000 CE or AD. The term African does not refer to a continent per se. While we will discuss the land of Africa, It is important that you understand and grasp that when I use the term in this particular area of study, it it does not refer to a specific skin color of a people. It refers to a specific group of people who were the indigenous people of the land of Africa at the start of Christianity in its first 1000 years of expansion. Within this study, it is important to examine Africa and its people on their own merits, meaning we must be careful and intentional to allow their story to be told and examined in their ways of knowing and meaning-making. Contrary to what many Christians believe, Africans were and remain the full human creation of God created in His image and His likeness. African people never needed and do not require their humanity to be validated by non-African people. God alone took care of this when he created humanity in the land of Africa. In this study, we will look at the Bible and the biblical land through an African perspective, intentionally pointing out African people as they are included in the Bible and in history. Presently in the African diaspora, 
a good number of people of African descent are re-examining Christianity and its usefulness in the liberation of African people. One question that commands a great deal of attention, discussion, and debate is this. Is Christianity a white man's religion? I have a hunch you do not need me to tell you there are all sorts of positions on this question. Quite frankly, there are answers ranging from yes to I really don't give a darn. We will touch on this question at some point during our study. But my focus is not to go down the rabbit trail on this question. I will present to you ample data that proves African Christianity is unique and very much alive today. I will also demonstrate to you what is meant by African Christian theology. I understand why people of African descent are dealing with this question. I remember the first time I saw the image of God, Jesus, an angel, Moses, and Paul. I was around 10 years old, a child in the Baptist church situated in Albany, Georgia, a small city located in Southwest Georgia with deep ties to the civil rights movement, Jim Crowism, segregation, and racism. In that setting, Sitting in a Sunday school class, I saw a white God, a white Jesus, a white angel, white Moses, and a white Paul. To put it another way, in that Sunday school class, I saw a European God, a European Jesus, a European angel, a European Moses and a European Paul. I admit, at first sighting of the Christian deity, at first sighting of the Lord of Lords, at the first sighting of the angelic being, the great leader of the Hebrew people, um, the pillar of the apostolic ministry to the Gentiles, I didn't think much of it. For the truth of the matter is, it was not uncommon to see persons of importance in America clothed in white skin or European imagery. After attending church and Sunday school on different occasions in different uh, settings in Albany, Georgia. I noticed every church I went to, God, Jesus, Moses, Paul, and angels were European. More specifically, I noticed God, Jesus, Moses, and Paul were white men. By the time I entered junior high school, I began to question, why is God, Jesus, angels, Moses, and Paul white? By this time, I've seen the made-for-TV movie, The Ten Commandments, where the main characters were white, 
And I started to wonder, are there any black people or people that look like me in the Bible? I recall thinking to myself, why did God and Jesus choose to be white men? Allow me to confess something to you. By the time I was in junior high school in the 80s, I was largely unconscious to the term African people. In fact, the normative way of referring to someone of my hue on the racial color wheel was to call that person black. In the words of the late John Henry Clark, black can only tell you what you are. It cannot tell you who you are. This was a testament to the effectiveness of a European indoctrination system that taught me to divorce my being from my ethnicity and reduce myself and my people to a designated and imposed color. I had no knowledge of African people in the Bible until I was in Bible college. And I did not develop a deeper appreciation for African people and African customs in the Bible until I completed seminary. By the time I completed my doctoral studies in divinity school, I knew full well much of what I learned about Christianity was distinctly European, intentionally leaving out the whole truth. God is not European. Jesus was not European. Angels are not European. Moses was not European. And as for Paul, I will provide an answer later in the study. There still is some benefit to leaving room. For anticipation. The reason for studying ancient African Christianity is to observe and encounter African people who accepted and ascribed meaning to Christianity in and under their own terms. Is there a need to dispel myths, myths associated with Africans and Christianity? The short answer is yes. Just as there are myths attached to other religions throughout the world, so it is for Christianity. Throughout the study, I will address some of the myths that have been affixed to Christianity. Myths and mythology are not new in the history of people making meaning of reality in their lives. Where Christianity is concerned, identifying and examining myths, myths excuse me, is useful where seeking the truth is objective. It is important to separate myths from facts, myths from empirical data, myths from historical truth. This is not always achieved across numerous discussions related to the subject of Christianity. Our goal, and certainly our objective, is to allow the truth to speak for the ancient African people who accepted and followed Christianity. One of the challenges with studying African Christianity during the ancient period is the role of race and its implications in the world. There is good reason for me to point out to you that race is a man-made construct engineered by Europeans in the 15th century as they sought to conquer new lands and people throughout the world. 
In no way is race biblical or theological. And it has no connection whatsoever to God. It has no connection whatsoever to Jesus. It has no connection whatsoever to the Holy Spirit. In no way is race biblical. I stress that to you again. In no way is it theological. Any attempt to connect race to the Bible or God, to connect race to Jesus and even the Holy Spirit, to connect race to any aspect of our understanding of divinity in Christianity is deceptive to say the least and wickedness to say more. Prior to this period, and I'm speaking of the 15th century CE or AD, the people of Africa had no framework for race. So when we look at the first 1,000 years of ancient African Christianity, there is no race. There's no race construct. There's no race ideology. There's no framework of race as you and I would understand it. So let me say a little bit more then about race and how we are to approach it as we walk our way through this study. The concept of race did not exist. I stress this again. It did not exist during the period of ancient African Christianity. Race comes on the scene 14 centuries later with the primary purpose of establishing and maintaining social ordering based on the color of a person's skin. Any attempt to transport race as we understand it onto ancient African Christianity is in fact, and I do not miss words, incorrect and dishonest. Africans and other ethnic groups in North Africa during this period had no reference point or use whatsoever for a race concept. Therefore, during this study, we will not um, use the term or terms associated with race to identify people or people groups. Even more, where the term black is used throughout this study. Listen carefully. It is for the purpose of describing and discussing how first century persons situated in and around North Africa identified African people in that area and how they identified African people from Southeast Africa. Additionally, historical data by numerous scholars confirmed indigenous people, immigrant people, and invaders of North Africa during the ancient period had variations in skin color. Again, I say to you, there was no use, no framework for race as you and I understand it during this period. Religion is a complicated subject. In fact, religion is difficult to tackle. For all religions are man-made. 
I do not stutter. I do not stammer when I say that. Religion is a complicated subject to tackle because all religions are man-made. And for the most part, not totally, but for the most part, serve the purposes of its creators and followers. Establishing a definition for religion is not easy. Trust me, I know. I spent three years in seminary, majoring in religion and theology. It is not easy to assign or fix a definition to religion. This does not mean we do not take the time to try to set a ground uh, or framework, I should say, for religion so that we can understand it. But it is to say, and it is to point out to you, that it's not as easy as many of us might think. So, for this study, there's a reason to confront religion and its use in Africa prior to and during the ancient period. In the simplest of terms, let me say this, say it this way. Religion can be understood as a set of adopted practices influenced by faith system, which may include one or more deities, symbols, and writings deemed sacred. It may even include edifices that have been deemed sacred. Since religion is a man-made uh, institution, it is reasonable to expect variations or different forms of any given religion because people use it in the overall process of making meaning of their lives and determining the meaning of reality. Therefore, it is important to point out religion and spirituality are distinct and should not be understood as bearing the same meaning. Let me say that again. It is important to point out to you Religion and spirituality are distinct and should not be understood as bearing the same meaning. Spirituality has to do with a person's belief, connection, and interaction with a deity or something deemed greater than themselves. In the Christian perspective, this is personal belief in God of and I'm specifically talking about the God of the Bible. It is connection with God and interaction with God experienced through intentional acts, such as, but I do stress, not limited to, meditation, devotion, song, prayer, and the practice of moral principles and ethics. Spirituality is not contingent upon a sacred edifice, preacher, prophet, or tradition. That's so important that I really need to say that again. Spirituality, even inside the Christian perspective, because I do say to you with a measure of honesty that spirituality exists in Christianity and outside or beyond Christianity, Spirituality, 
and I am also including in the, in the Christian context, is not contingent upon a sacred prayer or, excuse me, a sacred edifice, a, a preacher, a prophet, or a tradition. A at its most foundational level, spirituality may exist apart from acceptance and participation in any major or minor religion. In fact, spirituality, spirituality can exist with no allegiance or acceptance to any religious tradition. Even more, spirituality is dynamic. It's fluid. It's never static. In that it evolves over the course of a person's life. It's impossible for a person to be highly spiritual well, I should say it this way. It's possible for a person to be highly spiritual while at the same time having little or nothing to do with organized religion. Let, let me try to bring that plane down out of the clouds a little bit and say it another way. It's possible for a person to be highly spiritual while at the same time having little or nothing to do with a local church. Okay, I'm going to try to bring this down just a little bit further out of the clouds. It's possible for a person to be highly spiritual while at the same time having little or absolutely nothing to do with a Christian denomination. Let me go just a little bit further with this. Because I really want somebody to get this. It, it, it is possible. For a person to be highly spiritual. And a Christian. And never have a church home. In this study, we will survey the practice of spirituality among Africans prior to and at the start of Christianity and during the first 1,000 years of Christianity in North Africa and the surrounding areas. Every people group on the face of the earth possess unique ways of knowing, meaning-making, understanding, relating to one another, and relating to other people groups. Let me say that to you again. Every people group on the face of the earth possess unique ways of knowing, meaning-making, understanding, relating to one another, and relating to other groups of people. This is historically true and remains true. Therefore, it's important to point out African people possessed their own ways of knowing, their own ways of meaning making, their own ways of understanding, their own ways of relating to one another, and their own ways of relating to other people prior to the arrival of Christianity in Africa.
I will even go further. Africans possess their own intelligence prior to Christianity arriving in Africa. Africans possess their own spirituality prior to Christianity arriving in Africa. Africans possess their own way of making meaning of the the organizing of world systems, cosmology, and how the universe and the world was created, cosmogony. They possess their own frameworks of cosmology and cosmogony before Christianity ever showed up. African people possess their own understandings of God before Christianity ever showed up. When Christianity arrives in Africa, it is actually, in terms of a religion, not new to African people whatsoever. That may be new news to some of you, but it is a truth that you need to know. That when Christianity launches in Africa in terms of it being a religion and it was deemed and discussed and still is considered a religion, I do understand that we try to move away from in many settings that, hey, Christianity is not a religion. You know, it's an experience, but let's just park that right on the side for a moment and stay with the religion uh, language. The truth is Christianity as a religion, when it was um, uh, making its arrival and circulation in Africa. It wasn't new to African people at all. And, and in fact, uh, th- th- there are great texts uh, that have been written uh, about this. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you a footnote uh, text right now because I, I do believe it's so important that you know these things for yourself. Uh, th- there, there have been great scholarly text written on this on this subject and, and one of the ones that comes to my mind um, um, uh, is, is the text uh, here the, the title of the text is Christianity before Christ it, it, it's written by John G Jackson just a worthy text of reading one that really uh, helps us to understand uh, those who are looking at religion in terms of his history in the known world that Christianity as a religion really didn't bring a whole lot of newness or new data to African people at all. That's that's like, whoa, for some of us. But we need to know that. So Africans were already intelligent Africans were already uh, had a history of producing multi-geniuses before Christianity. Africa had a history of producing priests before Christianity. Africa had a history of producing historians. Africa had a history of producing uh, um, orators and writers and so forth and so on. So it's not uncommon to African people during this period, zero to 1000 CE, to understand how certain tenets of Christianity connected with uh, 
African theology that predates uh, the arrival and the existence of Christianity. This is why I stress to you, every people group on the face of the earth possess unique ways of knowing, unique ways of meaning making and understanding, relating to one another and relating to other people. Africans possessed spirituality and religion prior to the arrival of Christianity. And this historical fact warrants the need to examine how Africans made use of Christianity with their foundational use of spirituality and religion for their own purposes. Africans made use of Christianity for their own purposes. To tell you uh, they did not do so would, would, to, would be uh, to be disingenuous with you. Africans had use for Christianity and they made use with it. We will, just, we will look at some of those uses as we walk through this uh, course uh, that I'm sharing with you, this study. Uh, in this study, we're going to look at eight key areas. I want to give those to you uh, as I prepare to wrap up this introduction. We're, go we're going to look at eight key areas uh, together. Let me give those to you because, again, that's just so important uh, for us to know where we're headed and how we're doing it. So here are the eight key areas that we're going to look at together. First, uh, starting next week in, our, in the next installment, we're going to look at African meaning making for Christianity. Then we're going to move on to African religions and African spirituality. I believe it's important that you get some um, encounter with African religion and African spirituality so that you can better understand how Christianity was adopted and accepted by Africans during this period. Then we're going to move on to African acceptance of Christianity then we're going to move on to African worldview, on to African theology slash African Christian theology. Then we're going to move on to African uh, ecclesiology or African Christian ecclesiology. And then finally, African uh, Christian fellowship. Each of these are important. The, the goal, again, the high objective of this study is to provide you with a general overview of the history and meaning of ancient African Christianity. For those of you who are interested in sources, there are a couple of texts uh, that are very useful for what topics we are examining. If you want to add to your libraries, I suggest that you you go out and get these texts. We'll also get this out in written form to go along with the podcast. But um, uh, Bangba has a text published through Rutledge, Companion to Christianity in Africa, the first edition. Uh, great text. Um, would advise you if you're building your library. Uh, to add that to your library. The HarperCollins Cons Concise Guide to World Religions is another one published uh, 1991. That's another great text that you can add uh, to your 
to your library by um, Eliad and Culiano were the authors on that one. Uh, Will Height has a, a great text, uh, African or excuse me, ancient African Christianity and introduction to a unique context and tradition. Uh, another great context, another great uh, scholar who wrote a great book. Uh, there's several other uh, sources that we will examine throughout our time together. But as we do so, I just want to remind you um, that we'll make the sources available in um, that are um, applicable and certainly supportive of each topic that we're looking at. We'll, we'll try to make those available to you. And uh, along with each podcast, we'll do it in written form as we publish those out there. But I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited. And listen, African people had their own way of accepting, perceiving, and using Christianity. It's beyond time for people of African descent who are professing Christians and for those who are not of African descent but want to better understand more about the origins of Christianity as a whole to examine the subject ancient African Christianity well until I get a chance to talk with you again I'll see you round like a donut